0: When you're in this mental space, you're making it cozy. You're making it home. You move into the fifth most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. The body starts to heal. Self-love, self-care, eating well, exercise. You didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier. Now you do. Your mind, you're making new rules, new boundaries based on your healing. So your mind is healing. And you have a new worldview based on on the whole road you just traveled.
1: Welcome back. To the Essentially You podcast. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm going to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy, and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. I believe something that we can all relate to is a feeling of being betrayed at one point or another in our life, I personally consider betrayal from family or someone you deeply trust one of the hardest types of betrayal to recover from. I know for me, betrayal hardened me for many years, and it caused my body harm. It was a betrayal wrapped in trauma, and it immediately sent my life into another trajectory. Now, if you want to dive deeper into how trauma impacts the body, I recommend checking out episode 308, What is Trauma?, And how does it make us sick? With Dr. Elena Villanueva. Now, healing those betrayals and that trauma was a big part of preparing to become a mama to Kingston. And when I was ready to finally do the work, because let me tell you, it is work for sure, I reached out to my dear friend, Dr. Debbie Silber, who is a world-renowned expert in betrayal. Now, Debbie knows from personal experience what big betrayal feels like. She knows the consequences of feeling hardened by betrayal and decided to finally do something about it many years ago. She ended up studying and become a PhD expert in the topic. Now, in her doctoral study... She led to two big discoveries around how women experience and heal from betrayal. Based on her findings, along with 27 years of health, mindset, and lifestyle coaching, she created a proven approach to help women heal physically, mentally, and emotionally from a life crisis, specializing in betrayal. And that's what we're going to be laying out for you today. It's getting through the healing process that can reveal our greatest strengths and gifts and have us come out on the other side stronger. I know how challenging it can be to feel like there is no end to feeling that hurt of betrayal. And the idea of coming out on the other side can just feel almost impossible. I know for me, it definitely felt that way. But what I love about Dr. Debbie Silver's work is that she's helped so many people work through that place that we get stuck to get onto the other side and that's what I'm super excited to talk about today. Now, before I bring on this brilliant woman, I want to quickly sing her praises. Dr. Debbie Silber is the founder of Post-Betrayal Transformation. It's an institute where she focuses on the health, the mindset, and personal development of getting you back to that place of healing. She is a two-time number one international best-selling author, The Unshakable Woman, From Hardened to Healed and the effortless path to release resistance get unstuck and create a life you love her recent phd study is how we experience betrayal made three groundbreaking discoveries that changes how we take on healing she's been fo- featured on fox cbs news dr oz tedx twice and she is going to be showing us how to transform that deep seated hurt and betrayal into a life of love worth living. Let's get her onto the show. Hey, one more thing. I have been wanting to share my current obsession. Honestly, it's a household obsession because my husband, Alex, turned me onto Paleo Valley's keto-friendly grass-fed beef sticks earlier this year. Especially when we are on the go, this is the first thing that I grab because protein is a must for keeping me full throughout the day. And they taste amazing with organic spices. My personal favorite is teriyaki, and Alex's favorite is jalapeno because he loves a little extra spice. Now, because I know you're going to love them too, Paleo Valley has given me an awesome promo code to share with you so that you can try these amazing beef sticks whenever you need a healthy, protein-rich snack without added sugar or preservatives. So you're going to use promo code Dr. Marisa D-R-M-A-R-I-Z-A, and get 15% off of your order at paleovalley.com. I'm going to have the link in the show notes for this episode. Try them today for you and your whole family. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Dr. Debbie Silver. Welcome back to the show. I am so happy to have you here today.
0: Uh, Thanks so much. I am so looking forward to our conversation.
1: Mm, Me too. We are talking about betrayal because when it comes to betrayal, you are my go-to doctor. You understand it better than anybody I know. And what a lot of people don't know when it comes to betrayal, and we're going to get into that in just a second, but there are actually stages that we go through, kind of like, you know, in a sense, we always think about stages of grief, but we don't realize that there is definitely stages of like overcoming betrayal. And before we get into that, because I know people are like, because I think so many people right now feel betrayed by so many, either people, themselves, you know, I just feel like there's a lot
0: of feeling of betrayal right now in the world. There is. There is. And, and that's why it's it's really true. And, and betrayal, I look at betrayal as the breaking of a spoken or unspoken rule. Every every relationship has them. The way it works, the more we trust, the more we depend on that person, the deeper the betrayal. So let's say a child who is completely dependent on their parent, parent to something awful, that's going to have a, a different effect than let's say your best friend sharing your secret, your coworker taking credit for your idea. Still a betrayal, different level of cleanup.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking about the betray- that kind of betrayal to a child, you know, especially at that age,
0: would that lead to a trauma? Oh, it absolutely would. Yeah. And then what happens is when that child ha- forms a set of beliefs around that, they move into their adult life and they and they find similar relationships not because they're good, because it's so familiar. It's what they know. It's like, "Oh, I get this. I know how to move within this."
1: hmm. I, oh, I think everyone can. Oh, my goodness. I've got little hands going up right now. Like, ooh, that was me or somebody I know. I would love to speak into it. But also, I want I really want everyone to, to hear your story and what inspired you to do this really deep, deep work for us
0: in the world. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't think anybody says, you know, I think I want to study betrayal. Not ever. <laughs> you know, you study it because you have to. And it's actually my 30th year in business. So as life would morph and change, you know, so in business, it was health and then mindset and then personal development. And then I had a really painful betrayal from my family, thought I did everything I needed to do to heal. Apparently, there was more to do. A couple of years later, it happened again. This time it was my husband. Blindsided, devastated. Life, as I've known it, had will never be the same. But I I got him out of the house and I looked at the two experiences and I was like, well, what's similar to these two? And I said, you know, I never took my needs seriously. Boundaries were always getting crossed. Something drastic has to change. So here I was, four kids, six dogs, a thriving business, I was 50. And I'm like, I'm going back for a PhD and it was in transpersonal psychology. I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. I didn't know how I was going to move through it. I didn't know any of it, but I knew something dramatic had to change. And so I did that. And and then it was time to do a study. I studied betrayal. What holds us back? What helps us heal? And what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, deceive. That study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which changed my health, my family, my work, my life.
1: Mm, it's so powerful that you like knew you needed to dive into this work. You knew there was something there that you, that just you hadn't addressed that needed to come to the surface and get and get met. And that was a question I was going to ask. Is like, what were some of the big impacts for you as you were doing this work that you have then brought to so many other people? And yeah, I would love to hear. I know, we, girl, we'd love to hear it.
0: Well, you know, I mean, it it was, I really, as I was moving through this, I said, I have no idea what healing will look like, but if I can manage to heal from this, I'm taking everyone with me. Like that was just sort of a subconscious driver. And then when the study, when the discoveries just showed up, I mean, I just kept implementing everything I was learning and that was probably why I healed uh, as quickly as I did, and then wanted to do something really good with it. So like the first discovery, this was, I w- originally I was studying betrayal and post-traumatic growth. And for those who aren't familiar, post-traumatic growth is like an upside of trauma, how any trauma, divorce, death of a loved one, disease, whatever, leaves you with a new awareness perspective inside that you didn't have. Maybe you lose someone you love, you realize life is short, you know, things like that. But I had been through death of a loved one and I'd actually been through disease. I was like, no, betrayal feels different for me. I didn't want to assume it was like that for everybody. So I asked everyone in my study, if you've been through other traumas, does it feel different for you? Every single person said, oh my gosh, it's so different. Here's why. Because it feels so intentional, we take it so personally. So the whole self gets shattered, rejection, abandonment, confidence, belonging, worthiness, trust. Those huge. They'll get shattered. So it didn't quite qualify as post-traumatic growth. It was like, yes, you rebuild your life, but you also rebuild yourself. So I coined a new term, post-betrayal transformation. The complete and total rebuild of your life and yourself. After an experience with betrayal. That was the first discovery.
1: Mm, so let me understand this because I feel like I'm, I'm not going to lie, Debbie. I'm going through something like this right now. I'm not going to go into the details because I'm not going to call people out here on this show. But I definitely went through some stuff. You know about that stuff. And I've tried a lot to clean all of that up, done a lot of trauma work, especially before getting ready to have Kingston, wanted to make sure that I was in a good place. And one of the things that came up Talking to coaches and different people in my life was that as Kingston gets older, that stuff is going to resurface. And it's possible that you are going to try to over protect, over mother, like over, like really go above and beyond to ensure that his life looks very different <laughs> than, than what your life looked like. And so there are certain areas, they're non negotiables when it comes to my son. It's my baby. And there have been moments where those non-negotiables, those agreements have not been met or have been have been broken. And in that particular those particular areas, a lot of other areas, you know, my life or whatever, agreements may be broken, not a big deal. But because that's tied to something behind me, a trauma behind me, or present with me clearly, it lights me up so much more. Like I really can't function with it. You know, with that kind of so it's that we're kind of talking about, like when when a betrayal is tied to a non-negotiable based on a trauma from before, like that's another level of
0: how you're managing that betrayal. Well, you know what's so beautiful about what you're doing is here's where you're looking at it clearly saying, I absolutely refuse to have this happen to the next generation. And that's when the lessons learned. See, one of the classic signs of an unhealed betrayal is a repeat betrayal where you, you know, you go boss, 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 friend, 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 partner, partner, partner. You're like, what the heck is it me? What is it? Yes, it is. It's you not in that it's your fault in that it's your opportunity. There's a profound lesson. You are lovable, worthy, and deserving. You need better boundaries in place, whatever it is until, and unless you get that you will keep getting opportunities in the form of people to teach you. So you clearly got that cuz you were like, no, this is what happened to me and I'm not doing it. Like with my own family betrayal, that was one of the I made that vow when I had my first and you know I have four, they're grown now. But I remember saying to myself, I'm going to act like I'm dyslexic. Because if my child were to do something, I am so conditioned to respond a certain way, but I'm breaking that chain. So I'm going to act as if the message is completely jumbled and I will unjumble it before it comes out of my mouth.
1: Hmm. I hear that. Yes. Yeah. And, and I, that's what, that's my, un, that's my unlearning and all the work that I'm doing. I think for me where the betrayal has happened is if someone has done the thing that I said I wouldn't do, they did it. And I was like, we don't do that. We, that's not what we do in this household anymore or ever,
0: you know what I'm saying? And so that's where I'm reconciling. <laughs> yeah. And beautiful because if you were to continue that, that would have been a self-betrayal.
1: Mm -hmm, You mm -hmm. know,
0: if something isn't in your best interest. No,
1: or the families.
0: Exactly. That's how you're, you're giving him a a gift. And that's when I say it's trauma well-served. You're doing something good with something bad. I mean, there's always a silver lining. Like you had said, I was just trying to, you know,
1: create that differentiation, you know, that you're absolutely right. We, we, sometimes we go through these really big things. I know that based on what I've gone through, there's so many gifts and I'm, there's so much gratitude around that. But then sometimes you got to do some more cleanup. And like you had said, that maybe if you're coming from this place of coming from trauma, which so many of us are, maybe those betrayals hit harder later if it kind of feels like that residue of what that was in the past.
0: Yeah. And that's when, you know, you know, it's so it's so interesting when I share about the five stages and when people learn, you know, what they are, they, they thought, wow, you know what? This happened so many years ago. I thought I was totally healed and totally fine. And when you see how classic it is and how common it is to get stuck in this one particular stage, you know, then you realize, OK, you know what? I did a tremendous amount of work, but there's more to do. And it's you know, we're human.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And most of us, I don't think, again, you know, I know betrayal, this is, you know, you are stepping into some cutting edge research in your own right. But let's just even look at trauma. Like 70s, 80s, we just thought trauma was for vets and car accidents and, you know, like really like major, major big T's, massive T's. And now we're looking and we're seeing that it's it's way more. Complex and and more nuanced than that, and and then we step into even looking at betrayal and what that looks like and the implications of that. You know, you're opening up another a whole other can of worms in terms of of healing. And so, I'd love for us to dive into the five stages. I know people don't even have no have not even thought about what that looks like, and are really a lot of people listening right now probably are holding resentment and holding anger. And not able to forgive somebody or or a group of people for a betrayal that they can't get over.
0: Absolutely, and, and that's the thing. What makes betrayal so challenging is here's the person. Here are the people who gave us a sense of safety and security. So when this is the person, these are the people to shatter it. It's traumatizing. So when the five stages showed up, I mean, to me, this was the most exciting of all three of the discoveries because that that showed there's a roadmap. I mean, if we're willing to do the work, we will predictably move through the stages. So you know, it's what we it's what we share in the PBT Institute. It's what it's you know, it's all about trust again. What we have in there. I'm going to give you the five stages right here. The just version so stage one is before it happens and this is like the setup stage if so if you could imagine four legs of a table the four legs being physical mental emotional and spiritual what i saw with everybody me too was a real heavy lean on the physical and the mental thinking and doing and not really prioritizing the emotional and the spiritual feeling and being table only has two legs easy for that table to topple over that's us Stage two, by far the scariest of all of the stages, D-Day, Discovery Day, shock, trauma. It's like where the person takes the mask off, reveals who they've been. And we've ignited the stress response. So we're headed for every single stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. The mind is in a complete state of chaos and overwhelm. Can't, you can't wrap your mind around what you just learned. Makes no sense. And your worldview has just been shattered. That's your mental model prevents chaos governs us don't go there these are the rules this is how life works trust this person and in a moment it's all shattered bottom has bottomed out and a new bottom hasn't been formed yet but think about it if you if the bottom were to bottom out on you what would you do you grab hold of anything you could to stay safe and stay alive and that's stage 3 survival instincts emerge it's the most practical out of all of the stages if you can't help me get out of my way how do i survive this experience where do i go who can i trust how do i feed my kids Here's the trap, though. Once you've figured out how to survive... Because it feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where you just came from, we think it's good. And because we have no idea there's a stage four, stage five, transformation doesn't even begin until stage four. But because we don't know there's anything else, we start planting roots here. We're not supposed to, but we don't know that. And then four things happen. The first thing is you get those small self-benefits. You get to be right. Right you get your story, you get someone to blame, you get a target for your anger, you get sympathy from everybody you tell your story to. You don't have to learn, to, you know, can I trust you? Should I trust you? I forget it. I'm not trusting anybody. So you plant deeper roots, not supposed to, but you don't know that. Then because we're here longer than we should, the mind starts doing things like, well, maybe you deserved it. Maybe you're not all that great. Maybe this, maybe that. So you plant deeper roots and you know, like energy attracts like energy. So if these are the thoughts you're thinking, and this is the energy you have, now you're attracting people and circumstances and relationships towards you to confirm, yep, this is where you belong. It gets worse, but I'll get you out of here. Because it feels so bad, but we have no idea there's anything better. Right here is where we start resigning ourselves. Well, this stinks, but I better find a way to make it work. So here's where we start using food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, anything. Shopping,
1: all of it. That's it, shopping,
0: yeah. exactly, to numb, avoid, and distract ourselves. So we do it for a day, a week, a month, now it's a habit, a year, 10 years, 20 years, and I'm not kidding, I can see someone 20 years out and say, that shopping, you know, habit you have, that emotional eating, that numbing in front of the TV, do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? And they would look at me like, I'm crazy. they say, happened 20 years ago. Do you see? All they did was lock themselves in stage three and stay there. Yeah, it's a pattern, right?
1: And I think it's a pattern of dissociation too, to some degree. Then
0: you just get stuck in that loop. That's why From hardened to Healed is just for stage three years, because this is where people stay. And it's interesting you say about uh, dissociation. There is a higher, the more dissociated someone is, the more symptoms of PTSD they have. It's so interesting because, they, you know, think about it. We don't like getting uncomfortable. But as we try to avoid numb, distract, we're not healing anything. We're just keeping it at bay, but it's only in the diving in. And, you know, what we say in the community, face it, feel it, heal it. It's only in doing that. Do you move through it and come out the other side and people in stage three, they are so uncomfortable, but the numbing avoiding distracting they're looking at it as it's taking the edge off it's making it bearable but there's so much more waiting for them when they move to stage 4 and stage 5
1: absolutely i think about all of the missed potential you grab your phone you look at instagram you play the games on the on your phone or you you go and sit down to the tv you you know there's so many ways in which that we just we just check out because the other side of that, that there's that resistance of having to do the work. Debbie, I'm curious, you know, you said, you know, we can be stuck in stage. Some people die in stage three. Let's be For honest. Life. Yeah, they're in life. So the further out someone is stage three, I mean, we're talking about neurons that wire together, fire together. And so we're talking about a lot of firing off the same neurological patterns over and over and over again. Did you find that when someone's deeper down that rabbit hole of stage three, it's, it's a lot more work to come out on the other
0: side? It can be because they can't even imagine life any other way. They just can't even imagine. They have, they have gotten so used to that way, it's become a way of life. It's like, it's like you're wearing a ratty old sweater. You wear it for so long, you don't even know you have it on.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: It becomes who they are.
1: It's really fascinating. Just one of the things that you've said that really, really kind of stuck with me is that let's say someone is totally unaware. You know, they're like, "Oh, that happened to me twenty years ago," and and maybe the incident itself gone, but the patterns and the habits that were associated with that, that that's ingrained, and so I can imagine it's difficult to discern. That how you're operating today had anything to do about what happened to you or betrayal that happened to you maybe at, at 18 or 19 years
0: old. Exactly. That's the thing, because no one thinks that something that happened that long ago is impacting them now. Even, you know, and I can finish the the stage four and stage five. But the third discovery was that there's actually this collection of symptoms so common to betrayal. It's known as post-betrayal syndrome. We've had easily over 40,000 people take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz. There are symptoms and I'm happy to share the stats. I pull the stats every couple of months. But what's so interesting is these are sets that people attribute to stress, to aging. No, it's not. It's to your unhealed betrayal that could have happened decades ago. Let me hear
1: those. I want it cuz I feel like betrayal very similar to trauma and chronic stress. I call it the intangible. It's cuz we don't we don't realize that it's a root cause cuz it's not I mean clearly there's ways in which kind of we can we can measure but it's it's not like for instance, I always you know we talk talk about stress a lot in the show and it's really fascinating. People aren't so interested in stress as a root cause of issues, which also could be a springboard due to betrayal, let's be honest. Because it's not the discomfort. It's not the stomach ache. It's not the migraines. It's not the fatigue that they can feel. It's not physical. It's, it's wearing on them. There's no doubt. It's causing all that other stuff. But it, it, it's almost like you can't associate. So talk to me about some of the big symptoms that we're we're seeing are being driven by the heaviness of of, of holding on to this betrayal. Absolutely, and, and you
0: know what you just summed up is like that person who's like, "I'm fine, yeah, fine." Like, what is that? Right? That's how you know there's something going on there. No, okay, I'm, I'm getting by. That's getting what by. that is. <laughs> not <laughs> too, too bad. That's the answer. That's an, I'm not too bad. That's the goal, right? Okay. So here are some stats. This is out of forty thousand plus people. Every age, we have almost every country represented. 78% constantly revisit their experience. 81% feel a loss of personal power. 80% are hypervigilant. 94% deal with painful triggers. Those triggers can take you right down. These are the most common physical symptoms. 71% have low energy. 68% struggle with their sleep. 63% extreme fatigue. Those are your adrenals tanking. 47% have weight changes. have a digestive issue, anything, IBS, Crohn's, diverticulitis, constipation, diarrhea. Mental, 78% are overwhelmed, 70% walking around in a state of disbelief, 68% are unable to focus, 64% are in shock, 62% are unable to concentrate. So imagine you can't concentrate, you have a gut issue, you're exhausted and you're supposed to work. You're supposed to raise your kids. That's not even the emotional ones. Emotionally, 88% experience extreme sadness. 83% are very angry. When you bounce back and forth between sadness and anger, that's debilitating. 82% feel hurt. 80% have anxiety. 79% are stressed. So, just a few more. 84% have an inability to trust. 67% 67% prevent themselves from forming deep relationships because they are afraid of being hurt again. 82% find it hard to move forward. 90% want to move forward, but they don't know how.
1: Mm. I think about all of the classic exhaustion, the chronic fatigue, the unable to sleep and highly triggered, you know, going from anger. It's exhausting to have to w- try to manage, work through, or just kind of keep that at like the lowest base level, kind of under the radar. That is an exhausting process. So it's no wonder. And like a really fascinating to me was how often people are playing that through.
0: They're feeling these symptoms. They look at the situation as so hopeless. Their heart's been so broken. They've been so blindsided. So they, I get it. They have every, every reason to be angry and to ruminate over and over and over again. And they do have their story but you can exchange it for a much better story. look at my story. The most important people in my life all betrayed me and, and everybody would have given me sympathy, right? But instead you do the work and you heal and a version of you shows up that never would have had the ability to show up had that not happened. And here's the thing, rebuilding is always a choice whether you rebuild yourself and you move along and move on to that place of post-betrayal transformation. That's what I did with my family. It wasn't an option to rebuild with them. Or if the situation lends itself, if you're willing, if you want to, you rebuild and in something entirely, like I'm talking from the ground up, brand spanking new with the person who hurt you. That's what I did with my husband. So not long ago, as two totally different people, we married each other again. New rings, new vows, new dress, and our four kids is our bridal party never would I have done that if I wasn't totally different. And for sure, if he wasn't so, but you you never know, you know, betrayal will show you who someone truly is, or will wake them up to who they temporarily became.
1: I know people are listening right now and they're thinking about that person or that betrayal, and maybe they're still in it with them to some degree. You know, maybe there's, like you said, there's ties to it. There's tangles, there's family. That's who's usually getting you the worst. Is, you know, if it's coming from the people you trust the most or you feel that have your back the most or should have your back the most. People listening to this right now are literally in it. They have to see that person every day. They, 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 that resentment is there, you know, and they're just trying to just trudge through it, disassociated, distracted, just to kind of, like you said, just to be fine enough, right? To get through it. And let's say that, let's say the circumstance, the circumstance that they're in it can't really change, but they're tired of, or now kind of feeling this comfort, maybe just from this conversation and are thinking to themselves, I would love to see the other side of it, but there's cannot be another side of it.
0: Yeah. Can I teach you something really fast? It's called, we call it the window of willingness. Here's how you know. I want everybody to know. How do you know if it's safe and in your best interest? If you have something to work with, or if you're banging your head against the wall, trying to prove, trying to explain, trying to get them to understand. And I want you to see how clearly it is that you're wasting your time. Ready? The window is the widest open with the, this level one. And this is where you are met with empathy, remorse, apology, regret, You know, restitution. And it sounds something like this. I am so sorry for the pain I caused you. I can't even imagine how much I hurt you. What can I possibly do to make it right? Now, of course, with betrayal, it's going to take a lot more than that. But you can see you're off to a good start. There's a lot of potential there. The window is the widest open. Feel how it closes with this next one. Ready? You know it's coming when you hear the word because. Well, I did it because. I said it because. You still may be willing to listen, but it doesn't feel as good as that level one, right? Still, still, if you want to, you have potential to, of something to work with, not as good as that level one. Feel how the window closes with this level three, ready? You know it's coming when you hear the word you. Well, I did it because you. Duh, duh, duh. I said it because you. Duh, duh, duh. I call this the two-sided slap. You get, let's say, betrayed on one hand, and now you get blamed for it. You have very little to work with here. This is crazy making. This is like narcissism gaslighting one-on-one. Level three is very close cousins with level four. Level four, you know it's happening when there is zero responsibility. I don't know what you're talking about. You are crazy, right? And so you see, now here's what happens. There are so many people struggling with the symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome because they are trying to make sense out of someone who is at a level three, level four. When the only ones at this point in time at their current level of consciousness, they they could possibly get through, or if they want to, would be the ones at that level one and two. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's say most people are at, let's say the person you've got the betrayal with, you've been betrayed by, are at three, four. Maybe they're even at two, but you still got to do this work.
0: 100%.
1: Talk to me about that. I have a feeling, Debbie, is there a, I mean, do you ever find yourself You know, you're having these conversations with people. I mean, clearly people who are coming to you are ready to do the work. But I bet some people are like, you want me to what? Yeah, that's the thing.
0: A lot of people- How dare you? (laughs) Right. They don't want to do the work. Here's the thing. And people come into the Institute all the time and like, I just want to be okay with my partner again. I will never guarantee that. What we do is we will get that person, the betrayed, to their physical, mental, and emotional best. But here's what happens. When they do, they may outgrow that person. They may not have the slightest bit of interest in that person. We never know what's going to show up. But the whole idea is when you've experienced the shattering of trust, when you've experienced betrayal, it's not about reconciling right then your only mission, your only goal at that point is you work on you and you create a version of you that never would have shown up had that not happened. That's, that's why it, like in my situation, that was the deal breaker. So I was like, all right, I'm a single mom. Now I wasn't counting on that, but here I go, you know, and but people are so afraid of the complete and utter death and destruction of the old. That's the only way to birth the new, whether that's that new you or that new collective you. You just don't know. And I'll tell you, there were three groups in the study who did not heal. One was numbing, avoiding, distracting. One was just refusing to accept their betrayal. But this was this was the most interesting. It was the group who where the betrayer had no consequences, financial fear, you know, religious reasons, not wanting to break up a family. They just tried to put it behind them. I saw two things, a further deterioration of the relationship. And by far this group was the most physically sick.
1: The mm, mm, broken mm, heart mm. can't handle that. Mm, mm. I was just thinking about, I, and I, I, you know, bring it back to personal. I know that you guys have healed so much of that, but to automatically become a single mom that's another level of betrayal for me, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, you know, you're thinking about recognizing like okay, this is what needs to happen and making that step, but then also feeling like, man, you put me in this position where I got to I got to do this. This wasn't ever part of the plan. I'm sure there was a lot of healing that had to go on there too. I mean, for any of us there's like kind of layers of it. But the goal here is that no matter what you've done to me or whatever whoever's betrayed me, I need to go
0: and get myself right. Exactly, and that's the thing. And and I'll tell you, I think uh, I changed to the level that I did because, well, first of all, I had these four kids counting on me. And I think he changed to the level he did because he was the one who told our kids, you know, if anything is gonna have you wake up and realize what matters, it's realizing you just lost the only people that matter to you. And it was ruling, but I think that's how it all transformed. I mean, it wouldn't have happened any other way.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I want to ask, I know we've been kind of talking about it and going around getting to it, but I know people after hearing all of this, and I I think every single one of us have some work to do, how do we begin? Let's say we, I think that first step is awareness. And I know we're getting to, I don't know if we hit four and five.
0: Okay, so so if you're willing to let go of the small self-benefits, everything you get from a grieve, mourn the loss, a bunch of things you need to do, you move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. So here's where you acknowledge I can't undo. My experience, but I control what I do with it. And I always use the example of if you've ever moved to a new house, office, condo, apartment, whatever, your stuff's not all there. It's not quite cozy yet, but it's going to be okay. And when you're in this mental place, you're starting to turn down the stress response. So you're not healing just yet, but you stop the massive damage you were causing in stage two and stage three. What's also interesting is if you were to move, you don't take everything with you. You don't take the things that don't represent who you want to be in this new space. And what I found was if your friends weren't there for you, you don't take them with you. Right here is where you've outgrown them. And people say to me all the time, what the heck? I've had these friends 10, 20, 30 years. Is it me? Yes, it is. You're undergoing a transformation. And if they don't rise, they don't come. Very common so if you lose friends around this time that's what's going on when you're in this mental space you're making it cozy you're making it home you move into the fifth most beautiful stage and this is healing rebirth and a new worldview the body starts to heal self-love self-care eating well exercise you didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier now you do your mind you're making new rules new boundaries based on your healing so your mind is healing and you have a new world view based on the, on the whole road you just traveled. And the four legs of the table, in the beginning, it was all about the physical and the mental. By this point, we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages.
1: Mm. Love it. And so it's just a matter of really tangling yourself out of three. I always say those, the negative benefits of living in that, right? And But I have better language. Secondary around gain. The, yeah, secondary gains, The you know, of like like living your story, being the victim, getting to tell that story, getting to be right. That was a big one. And I know so many of us are stuck there, but once we can see the other side of it, then we get to become, we get to grow, we get to transform into, gosh, who knows? Like you said, you never know really what's going to happen on the other side, depending on who the person is.
0: That's what's so fun because I mean, that's when you see when you're at that stage four, stage five, I mean, if I tell you how many people, that's when they're ready for the new relationship, that new level of health, that new career, that new move. You don't know that beforehand and it takes moving through it where you're like, wow, you know, I never thought about this, never thought about that. And that's where it's really fun.
1: Hmm. Here's a big question I know comes up for so many people. It's like, okay, I got through this transformation, and I clearly part of that transformation is healing the fears, the concerns, but I know especially trust, you know, when when a belief system has been betrayed... And we're really struggling with that. I mean, clearly it's a part of stage four and stage five, but how, how do we, I feel like people could even think that they could come through all the stages and still feel a little hesitant, a little reserved about trusting people moving forward.
0: Yeah. Trust is huge. You know, I look at trust like a brick wall. Every opportunity someone has to show that they're trustworthy represents one brick in that brick wall. The only way I know of a brick wall being built is brick by brick by brick, right? So every opportunity that is one brick in that brick wall. Now imagine the very person who built the brick wall completely shatters the whole thing. That's what people say, can trust be repaired? I say, no, can it be rebuilt? Yes, but think about it. The only way I know of it being rebuilt is the same way it got built the first time brick by brick by brick every opportunity that person has to show that they're trustworthy now is one brick in that brick wall but here's what i see so often the person whose trust was shattered who's been betrayed they're so upset they're so broken hearted the other person may not have any interest in building the brick wall and then they're like i'll build it no <laughs> you get it the way it's supposed to work is If you're willing, and you don't have to be, you could look at the rubble of bricks and say, I'm out of here. I have no interest in that. But if you are willing to watch that brick wall be rebuilt, your job is to be willing. And the person who shattered it has to be a really good bricklayer. But it's not your job to rebuild that brick wall. And that's where a lot of people go wrong.
1: Got it. Okay. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. I know. I was just curious. Well, and also, and that's, is that with just that person or moving on to somebody else? Cause I feel like that kind of, you know, you just have this distrustfulness in general. Like I, I'm distrustful. I have friends of mine who had, you know, had a partner who friends of hers um, cheated on her with her partner. And so she's got a, a little bit of a distrust, a hesitancy around women.
0: Yeah. And what happens is think about it. If the person you trusted the most proved untrustworthy, who do you trust? And then you don't trust yourself. You're like, where was I? I'm a bright person. How did I not see? How do I not know? So if you can't trust the person you trusted the most and you don't trust yourself, how in the world are you supposed to trust everybody else? So there's actually a four-step trust rebuilding process that I teach. You tell me, happy to share it right here. Sure. Yeah. Let's break it down. The reason why I see it failing so often is because we're so uncomfortable. We just want to trust that other person again. And that's the challenge. So, what we, because trust is so foundational, it needs to be rebuilt from the very foundation. So, I'm talking something as simple as like, will the sun rise? I don't know. A trust has been so shattered. I can't even count on that. So, what do you do every morning? You look, oh, the sun is sure enough. There it is. Do I believe it? I don't know. Check again until and unless you do, you keep checking. Once you believe that that's your foundation upon which to stand. Once that's in place, you go to the next level of it and you trust in your gut. You trust in your higher wisdom, your wise inner guide. You know, there's a feeling you get when you're like you, when you're playing with your son, right? That is truth. That is trust. You know what that feels like. Your body feels it in a certain way. Lock that in, that's a feeling of trust. Now think about when someone was lying to you or when you were betrayed. How did your body feel? How did your body respond? That's what a lack of trust feels like for you. And it's different for everybody, so I couldn't say what that is. And then as you move through your day and you're interacting with people, which one does it feel closer to, right? That's that's how you know. You know, your gut is so much more perceptive than our minds, but we get the gut feeling and we talk ourselves out of it. So we have to learn to trust our gut. Once that's in place, we feel this sense of safety and security built. from there. Now you have to learn to trust yourself because that gets shattered too. So how do you do that? You give yourself little tasks and you do them. I'm going to drink that glass of water. And then you do, I'm going to go to the gym. And then you do, I will make that phone call. And then you do, I will not call my ex. And then you don't, whatever it is for you. And what you're doing is you're teaching yourself. I'm trustworthy. If I say something, it's law, it's gold. And now think about it. You have a foundation upon which to stand. You trust your gut. You trust yourself. So you feel like you have these invisible bodyguards. You feel stronger. From that place, you slowly, carefully, and cautiously trust in others again.
1: Thank you so much for that. And I know that people are going to get to dive so much deeper into all of it. Again, the work is the work. And I know one of the things that people can really get a sense of from you and the Institute is with the quiz that you have here, are you healed or hardened? And that's the results that you were looking at earlier that we went over is from that quiz. I highly recommend people go to that link and in the show notes and go do the quiz.
0: Yeah. That quiz will tell you exactly what stage you're in. And you know what? You'll realize you're not crazy. You're not alone and you can heal from all of it. And it's so common to be so angry and frustrated. Like, are you kidding me? I'm in this stage three. The beauty is now, you know, (laughs) and now, you know, there's a stage four and stage five. So you've been through the worst of it already. You owe it to yourself to have that transformation.
1: Mm. And then you have a book, you have a book on all of this, which is "Get from Hardened to Healed." Healed, and you've got some yummy bonuses. I want—I definitely want people to know about the book. I'm gonna have the link in the show notes as well. I recommend doing the quiz, but also getting the book. If you—if you have any sense that you're still working out betrayal, you feel that feeling, that gut feeling that Debbie's been talking about. That I think it's—it's it's 100% worthwhile to at least read about how to start to do the work.
0: Yeah. Thank you. And that's it. It's from hardened to healed. I'm coming for you. Stage three. I mean, it is all about those stuck in stage three, because that's no place to live. And you know, you're there. If you are not living in this place of abundance, in your health, in your, in your lifestyle, in your level of success, in, in, relationships. I mean, you, and and you deserve to. So if you're just kind of stuck, I'm coming for you in from heart <laughs> Love it.
1: Love it. Thank you so much, Dr. Debbie Silver, for coming on. Oh, you brought the business. I just love you. I love the work you do. Thank you. Thank you so much. How powerful and transformational was that? She knows her stuff. Dr. Debbie Silver's five stages from betrayal to breakthrough is very much the key for us to move on and transform from that experience. And didn't you find it interesting to hear where we can get stuck for so long? That stage three is no joke. And I can speak from personal experience that I was stuck in that stage for a very long time. And it feels really good to be on the other side of stage three, four and five especially for the people in my life that matter the most, right? Because when we're stuck in that, it affects our relationships. Now, if this episode brought up some painful memories or stirred up some emotions like it did for me, I want to apologize and also let you know that you do have the power to experience the transformation that you deserve. Now, if you want more clarity on whether you have post-betrayal syndrome, I want to invite you to take Dr. Debbie Silber's amazing quiz, Are You Healed or Hardened? Now, the quiz link will be in the show notes for episode 321. Also, her newest book will also be in the show notes as well. Or you can go to the website, drmarisa.com podcast. I want to say thank you so much for listening in to the Essentially You podcast today. This show, as always, is about finding tools to rock your hormones and feel amazing in your body. If there is someone who you know is struggling with betrayal and needs to hear this episode today, take a moment, screenshot it, and send it on over to them via text message or share this episode on social. When you share it, definitely tag me up and hashtag hormone literacy, hormone CEO. Coming up next, I have an interview with Jen Trepik. We're going to be talking about something I love to dive deep onto the show, which is how nutrients are depleted in our food today and what we can do about it. Until then, have an amazing, amazing week.